This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. Did you know color is vital to your health? I'm not talking about the color of the walls in your house or your car or your clothes. I'm talking about the color of the food you eat. A colorful diet is a part of staying well because many nutrients are color. The antioxidant lycopene is the red pigment in tomatoes and pink grapefruit. Chlorophyll is excellent for balancing pH and cleansing the body. It's the green in kale, spinach, and broccoli. Resveratrol decreases inflammation, and it's the purple in grapes and berries. Eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables provides your body with diverse chemistry it needs to heal itself and stay well. Eat the peelings of things like apples and carrots and cucumbers. Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code. KMC. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about immune systems. You know, that part of you that helps you fight off things like the common cold, which happens to be a coronavirus, COVID-19, RSV, other upper respiratory infections. Plus, maybe you feel, uh, I don't know, worn down or stressed out. Maybe you need help regulating blood pressure or insulin. Did you know that vitamin D3 does all of that? Vitamin D is not really a vitamin. It's a different type of substance. Your body actually helps make it when sunshine is exposed. But it also plays a very big role in your immune system. And if you have autoimmune dysfunction, it even helps you in that regard. Get your D3 all you need by taking BC Boost. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat's uh, little creation, BC Boost, it's combination of b12 vitamin c vitamin d and a little bit of zinc to help you stay immune positive that's bcboost.com bcboost.com you're listening to kevin mccullough radio breaking news as it happens what it means and why it matters Fusion. Amplifying truth. 
pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. Today we're going to talk legal issues. We're going to delve deep onto the Supreme Court recent cases and why they are so significant. New York uh, former Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy will join me. Also a, a judge from the Sixth Circuit, Judge Amul Thabar. Stay with us. Alright, Kevin McCullough, a very special edition uh Today uh, we, we we've got some interesting things to discuss. For those of you that normally listen to me with uh, Imran Ansari, uh, he is away on vacation, uh, and it's just going to be you know good old KMC. We've got uh, some special guests coming up. We've got a former lieutenant governor of the state of New York uh, who has a phenomenal piece in the New York Post today about the affirmative action lawsuit uh, or the uh, court case, and then we've also got a Sixth Circuit judge that's going to join us to talk about the impact of the other uh, SCOTUS uh, decisions that came down last week. I wrote about this in my weekend column at Town Hall, and I said then that we were seeing the lasting impact of one of the most pivotal presidencies in the history of the country. Um, a past president who took with grave seriousness his job to serve the people and delivered on something that he had campaigned on, that he was going to get judges that were originalist in their intent, that were textualist in their practice, and that they were going to sit on the courts. When he was, when he was in office, that's what President Donald Trump said. Uh, that's what he did. He he said it on the campaign trail. He did it in office. And I think it's hard to look at the decisions from last week and say that they don't benefit Americans. That you, you saw a lot of rhetoric and a lot of propaganda coming from one side of the political aisle following the affirmative action case. But really, the moaning and complaining that came out was so specious in its veracity like there was there was nothing to it and eventually those critics just kind of had to like shut up which i don't think is such a bad deal uh but the accumulating effect when you look at roe v wade from a year ago when you look at the affirmative action case this year when you look at the religious liberties cases that came down last week when you look at the college tuition forgiveness case that came down this week uh, this last week, when you look, when you take these as a whole, what you are seeing is a remarkable seismic shift, I would argue, in the jurisprudence of where our courts and laws are headed for at least the foreseeable near future. Um, now, there's some debate about what this court's going to go down and, and known as in, in the future. I, it's going to be called the Trump court. Because and I was talking with um, a station was interviewing me from Salt Lake City on Monday after my column came out on Sunday, and they were 
you know, one of the hosts was taking some issue with me about that. And I said, how, how, how can you look at it any other way? The three justices that Trump got there have played the most pivotal role in what was the John Roberts court. John Roberts had proceeded to run a 5-4 court for most of the time that he's been there. You remember Roberts took William Rehnquist's place as the chief justice and all the other associate justices, um, you know, were usually pretty well divided and oftentimes John Roberts and he's disappointed on some of the bigger cases um, had had not been, you know, so great for people that are fans of originalism and textualism. But when Scalia passed, when you had the openings that you had uh, between Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, and um, Gorsuch, you had the potential then to to put three stellar legal minds that had originalist leanings, textualist practice, and had records to match that. And now they've now they've taken that to the to the top court. Anyway, um, so what do, what do all these wins mean? Well, Roe v. Wade a year ago, and it's still people are still smarting about this all over the place. I mean, I, I got chewed out on a call from a listener uh, yesterday. So one had called my voicemail, or, you know, n- urgently needing to speak with me. I don't always do this, but I, I called him back and I said, you know, what can I do for you? And he said, you got to stop. You got to stop talking about why Roe v. Wade was a good thing. I said, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't like it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the most liberal justice that we've ever had. Well, I don't know. Katani Jackson's probably going to outpace her considerably. But up until that point, the the most leftward leaning justice that we had had was RBG. And she said, as she taught young law students, she said that Roe v. Wade was garbage. It was poorly decided, poorly argued. Um, and, and RBG and Antonin Scalia agreed on that. Now, years later, she would argue the precedent of Roe v. Wade and, and some other things that would always kind of make someone scratch their head. But she did say originally that Roe v. Wade was, was not good law. And it was just poorly. It was just a bad case. But this year, you add to the Roe v. Wade decision, you add to that um, ending explicit racist policies in admissions in colleges. And I've got Lieutenant Governor McCoy coming up. We're going to talk about really what Gorsuch argues is that this is going to spill over into uh, the employment arena as well, as well it should. First thing that went through my mind when the when the admissions decision came down. I said, well, now this is precedent to take to the workforce. If it's, if it's not okay to use racism to hire people, I mean, to, to give people admission to college, it certainly shouldn't be okay to use racism to hire people. So you've got that huge decision. Um, the individual's right to practice his faith. This was one of the bigger cases, and it didn't get much um, play. But a post office employee worships 
on a day that the post office wanted to require him to work to keep his job. And in a remarkable adherence to the um, respect of the individual's right to believe, they said that uh, the employer had to make accommodation for it. Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty remarkable, but then you've got on top of that, you've got the, um, you've got the head on collision between the, the, uh, faith and the practice of one's faith versus other people's practice of sexuality. And that was where the creative designer in Colorado will not have to build websites for gay couples and other people that are doing things that that person's faith does not allow them to be okay with. Um, and it's not just going to be everyone's, Oh, well, it's just anti-gay. No, it's anti anything. That's non biblical sexuality that that designer didn't want to build websites for it. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to talk about on some of these cases. Kevin McCullough, so glad to have you with us. Stay here. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. May be inappropriate for children number 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock, and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief, and then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. 
and thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You know, we always talk about how to keep your immune system on the healthy. Uh, it's your most important defense against most of the uh, wellness maladies that are out there right now. And when you talk about the little ingredients that help you the most, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, you can get all of that in one place. An all-natural supply of BC Boost will help your body boost your antioxidants and fight those diseases. Uh, antioxidants like vitamin C, which helps strengthen your body's natural defense mechanisms. Uh, powerful antioxidants help harmful free uh, neutralize harmful free radicals and help fight infections and oxidate stress and support a healthy immune system all the way around. Stay protected by getting your own BC Boost with BC Boost. Go to bcboost.com. That's bcboost.com. bcboost.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, you know that uh, I like to talk about legal things, uh, particularly on uh, Thursdays. And uh, I had this thing that went through my mind last week before the before the real onslaught of all of the good decisions came down. When, when just the affirmative action decision came down, I thought to myself, huh, there's th- this is a very interesting decision uh, that, yes, it affects the, the, the schools in North Carolina and Harvard. Um, but I don't know. I think it may go further than that. And someone else who shares that opinion has written about it in the New York Post. You know her as uh, Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy, uh, who was the last Lieutenant Governor uh, that we had uh, of, of an administration that I liked in New York State. Uh, Betsy, it's good to have you back on the air. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you raised the same question in your mind. When I read the opinions, and particularly Justice Neil Gorsuch's concurring opinion, it really became apparent, Gorsuch made it very clear, that this ruling goes way beyond colleges. He said, take a look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964, on which the ruling is based. One section of that, called Title VI, bars federally funded colleges from discriminating. But right next door, Title VII prohibits employers from discriminating, and the language is almost identical. Gorsuch says the meaning is identical. And so this is going to have a big impact on 
the things you see being done in the corporate world, the quotas, the minority-only internships, the affinity programs, the diversity training, and uh, the, the lawyers who deal with this most often, uh, and the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission have already said, whoa, this is very big news for the corporate world. Yeah. Well, you know, Governor, it's one of those things where uh, there may have been a, a perfectly good time and place for a correction of some sort uh, in, you know, what where, where businesses and where schools were practicing discrimination to have that discrimination corrected. But I thought yeah. to myself, as this as this case came down, I thought, you know, we really do live in a different country than at the time when these standards were put into place because it was yet another minority group that had been the most severely impacted and hence was the, the rationale and reason for the court saying, look, if we do racial preferences, then at some point in time it always excludes another uh, preference for another uh, You're racial so group. right. The two things you said, Kevin, first of all, that – Uh, You can imagine that these preferences being used as a correction. And in fact, shortly after the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed, there was a Supreme Court case, the U.S. Steelworkers case, where the court said in the narrow circumstance where a company has a history of discriminating and can point to that history and say, we are now offering preferences to another group of people until we offset the impact of that discrimination that's fine. It has to be temporary and it has to be very narrowly tailored. That's the word they use. Narrowly tailored to correct the discrimination that particular company was engaged in. But that's not what's happening these days. And I'll give you some examples of the kinds of things the court is going to look at. For example, Pfizer recently had an internship for college grads. They could come work at Pfizer. They would get a lot of special training, and then a full-time job offer, and then a free graduate school. But you had to be a minority. If you were a white person, you were not eligible. Well, (laughs) that didn't last very long. The legal uh, pressure on Pfizer to change that was almost immediate. But BlackRock has a very similar uh, analyst program right now that excludes people who are not minorities. So there's going to be many, many lawsuits coming up. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the companies boast in their annual reports, we are going to increase minority representation in top management by 50% over the next year. That's a typical kind of bragging statement in an annual report. That's going to be declared illegal because, as you pointed out, hiring and promoting are zero sum. If they're going to make all of the promotions among minorities, that means that other people, non-minorities, are going to be left behind, and they're working hard. They want to get promoted, too. So I want to ask you a, a little bit off the, the legal part of this, uh, Betsy. We're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy, um, who has written a great piece on this in the New York Post. Um, in the response by the minority, you had the justices, Katani Jackson and Sotomayor specifically, coming out talking about the folly of a colorblind uh, system or a colorblind uh uh, school or, or colorblind, uh, et cetera, as though not not as though that it could not be aimed for, but that instead it was a fiction that could never exist. 
And I yes, thought to they, myself they at the time, but I thought to myself at the time, this is a sad statement in terms of the people that have this mindset, because the founding yes. hope of the founders was that it was an equal starting place for all people and that the farther you got depended more on your effort and pursuit than almost anything else. On merit. There's nothing in this about merit. And it's very interesting that you raise the issue of the three dissenting justices because, in fact, the court has been pounded by the left for, for doing what the left claims is departing from precedent. But, in fact, it's the three dissenting justices who wrote those opinions who were departing from precedent because the, the Supreme Court never never approved of racial preferences, what are called affirmative action, to correct uh, or right the the injustices of history. It was always to promote diversity. Now, of course, a majority of the justices see that claiming that diversity of skin color produces diversity of viewpoint is kind of a scam. (laughs) Really, that's what they said. Well, I was just about to say, look at the justices themselves. You have African-Americans and women on both sides. That's right. It's really racist to assume that the skin color will determine how somebody thinks. Yeah, and sexist as well. I mean, it's, you know. Sexist as well, right. Yeah. That's right. So let me ask you. What What is the timeline, do you think, before these standards make their way into the workforce? Are, are, there, are there lawsuits already well, being prepped? Oh, yeah. There are many lawsuits going on right now. Uh, American Express is being sued by three plaintiffs in one suit, uh, three plaintiffs, it's a class action suit, actually, who claim that the Amex was sending a message that white uh, employees aren't really appreciated, that... They want to they want to push ahead minorities in the management ranks and the whites are getting in the way. So there are quite a few lawsuits going on right now. Some jury judgments already in favor of people who have claimed reverse discrimination. Uh, There are going to be many, many, many more lawsuits in the future against these big companies that believe me, they think they're well intentioned. Right. Especially in the wake of George Floyd's death. They think they're doing the right thing, but they forget that the non-minority employees are also working hard, and they want to be promoted, and they want to be recognized for their merits, too. Yeah. I think a colorblind aim should be what we we aim for. Uh, We may not achieve it in a perfect way, but I think that the more you aim for that ideal, the closer you get to it. And certainly, if you don't aim for it at all, you'll always fall short of it. Uh, Betsy McCoy, thank you for your time with me. I so appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it, too. You got it. Reader in the New York Post, Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Stay here. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. 
I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in the cafeteria for three hours, and then I clean 300 steps, and then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80-year-old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code. KMC. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about immune systems. You know, that part of you that helps you fight off things like the common cold, which happens to be a coronavirus, COVID-19, RSV, other upper respiratory infections. Plus, maybe you feel, uh, I don't know, worn down or stressed out. Maybe you need help regulating blood pressure or insulin. Did you know that vitamin D3 does all of that? Vitamin D is not really a vitamin. It's a different type of substance. Your body actually helps make it when sunshine is exposed. But it also plays a very big role in your immune system. And if you have autoimmune dysfunction, it even helps you in that regard. Get your D3 all you need by taking BC Boost. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat's little creation, BC Boost, it's combination of b12 vitamin c vitamin d and a little bit of zinc to help you stay immune positive that's bcboost.com bcboost.com obliterating confusion amplifying truth and pursuing clarity it's kevin mccullough right all right now. kevin mccullough as i promised earlier we we're going to take a look at um as we have uh, throughout the show today uh some uh, aspects of the supreme court cases because as i wrote at townhall.com over the weekend uh, i believe this was a ginormous sweep of victories if you are an originalist and a textualist. If you're an originalist in uh, philosophy and theory about law, then these were big, big wins. And if you're a textualist, you love this as well because it gets people going back to what does the Constitution say? And I thank uh, Lieutenant Governor McCoy for being with me in the last segment. But I'm excited to talk to my next guest uh, because uh, uh, we we don't have often uh, this kind of expertise while they are in the midst of of um, proving their expertise and judge 
Amol Thapar is of the uh, United States uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, Sixth Circuit, and he's just written the book, The People's Justice, Clarence Thomas and the Constitutional Stories That Define Him. Uh, I, I love everything about Justice Thomas, and I'm eager to see how this book compares to other biographies that I've taken a look at and even the documentary that uh, was released last year on his life. But Judge Thapar, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. You got it. Um, let me just ask you first the about the the most obvious connection to you, and that is Judge uh, uh, Justice Thomas uh, writing in one of the most uh, <laughs> vigorous uh, concurring opinions, I think, that he's written of his career with the affirmative action um, majority. Um, one, why did he feel it was important to write that concurrence? And uh, what did he feel like he needed to say? that the opinion for the court didn't quite cover? You know, for his entire tenure on the bench, and the book talks about this in chapters two and three, where it talks about both vouchers and affirmative action, he has been making the case pretty passionately and convincingly, at least in now the court's mind, that affirmative action is an unconstitutional band-aid on a much bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And the bigger problem is the failing, it, to the extent people are cast into failing schools, young children cast into failing schools. As the book recounts, Justice Thomas was someone who grew up dirt poor, so poor that he couldn't, often didn't get two meals a day, let alone three. His mom made $10 every week. She had to give them to his grandfather for his grandfather to raise his, him and his brother. His grandfather had a third grade education and understood and interestingly, this is chapter two in the book, education means emancipation. And so what did his grandfather do? And that's quoting Frederick Douglass. He saved every nickel he had, the son, a young Clarence Thomas and his brother, to Catholic schools. What Clarence Thomas sees now, and, and chapter two talks about this, the voucher program, you see the Cleveland schools failing and in that particular case. And that case talks about what the students were going through, where they didn't have soap and um, toilet paper and the basic necessities in their school, 25 buildings, 14 to 25 buildings had been condemned. And so what was their way out? It was vouchers. And Justice Thomas talks about how we've cast these kids in inferior schools, despite the promise of Brown, and at the same time used affirmative action to help elitists feel good about themselves so that the school looks like they want it to look. And that's what he talks about. The other thing he talks about affirmative action and the casthood of victimhood is he talks about that blacks, when given the opportunity, will be victors, not victims. And we should not, by casting them as inferior, saying you need lower test scores, you need these things, we are telling them they are victims. And he said that is completely inappropriate. The final point, and then I'll stop, is he makes often is affirmative action puts a stigma on the people who even get there through pure meritocracy. Yep. And so it's interesting after the case, they say, well, Justice Thomas benefited from affirmative action. Well, how do they know that? He was ninth in his class at Holy Cross, grew up dirt poor. I mean, you could take a white kid with the same exact or an Asian kid or a Hispanic kid with the same exact background story. They might get into every college in America. We just don't know. But yet he carries that they want to cast that on him, which is ironic because they're proving his case. Yeah, no, I, and I think I've always felt that that was one of his strongest points. Um, if there is anything that uh, Justice Thomas seems to uh, belligerently rebel against, 
It is the automatic victimhood of the individual and the uh, compulsory need for, you know, somebody to come in and save them from the outside, uh, which runs counter to what you were just describing, everything that uh, the uh, the affirmative action kind of ethos that came about was, well, we're making up for past wrongs, but you've been so pushed down, so hurt, so so incapacitated. We've got to we've got to help you up. And and Justice Thomas is a is a standing remarkable example that the opposite is true. Hard work, perseverance, initiative, those types of things. We're speaking with um, Judge Amol Thapar uh, of the Sixth Circuit, uh, and we're so honored to have him tonight. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to delve into some of the other Supreme Court cases as they got decided last week here with Calvin McCullough. Stay here. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, Women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. uh, And she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work. But because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk. So the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, As she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, She would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. 
And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us uh, as we continue with our kind of legal examination of the Supreme Court's um, rulings. And it was one after the, the the affirmative action ruling coming down on Thursday of last week was kind of a bombshell. But then what happened on Friday where there were six others that went off, um, three of which, four of which were very, very significant. You had uh, one that dealt with the college tuition uh, uh, issue that uh, the president felt like he had the right to forgive college tuition debt that uh, people had incurred, which is basically redistribution of future tax dollars and wealth from one group to another. Uh, then you had uh, a couple of cases that were built all around religious liberties that were up testing against, you know, kind of other uh, powers within the within the culture. The uh, Cal- the uh, Colorado uh, web designer. Uh, certainly up against the same issue that it seemed like the court had already dealt with when it came to LGBTQ rights. Um, but uh, Judge, Judge Thapar, let me ask you, um, the religious liberties or the idea of religious liberty, which is embodied in our documents, um, really did come out on top, uh, you know, in a couple of ways last week. And I'm just curious from where you sit watching uh, those decisions come down, what your thoughts were about it. Yeah, so one of them um, involved a case I wrote about, and it was whether we businesses can, like, let's say someone has a Sabbath on uh, Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday, for example, but either day, and they want an accommodation so that they can work on the other days. Um, this case was, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, nine zero, and the court said that Title Seven says that a business must provide a religious accommodation unless it would cause an undue hardship on the business. And what had happened um, is in a case called TWA, the Supreme Court, in essence, laid out a test, and courts had interpreted that test as meaning that businesses only had to show a de minimis hardship, a a small hardship, in an easier way to say it, a small hardship. But that's much different than undue. And what the Supreme Court did is they said, no, 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 undue means undue. You can't rewrite the text. And so it has to be an undue hardship. Well, I think that... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and so uh, that's now precedent that's going to stand. And and the, the advantage of these decisions, Judge, is that they are the precedent that now will be referred back to 
uh, when these, uh, when, when, you know, cursory issues related to these are going to come up and correct me if I'm wrong, but is it not a little bit of a seismic shift with the Supreme court kind of back to originalism, back, back to the text of the constitution in the, in these decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think the court, I think right now, to call it seismic is a little unfair to the court, because I think Justice Thomas is, I make the case in the people's justice for 30 years, has been consistent on this. And Justice Scalia was right there with him as they, the two of them were principal originalists. Have more originalists joined the courts writ large? Yes. I think that's not debatable I think on the lower courts, you see it. I think at the Supreme Court, you know, we have now much more of the justices looking to the original meaning, including sometimes the dissenters. And so that makes it really interesting. As Justice Kagan said, you know, we're all originalists now. I think that is something that we should all pay attention to. And I hope that going forward, People will make originalist arguments to the judge. I'm going to interrupt benefit. you, though, because yep. the what 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 I did notice about these decisions that I have not noticed about a lot of decisions over the last few years is that the dissenters were pretty hot headed about it. And they, they went back into the chambers and read their decisions for the media. And they they really uh, kind of uh, forcefully uh, said how much they disagreed with this. And what I was taken by was the remarkable lack of what I felt was like constitutional depth to the arguments that they were making. It, it, they appealed oftentimes to emotion or to other things that were not related to the issue or the law itself that was being argued. Am I wrong in that perception? I, you know, I would take issue with that they um, were emotional. I think everyone can get he did at times. What I would say is they just approached the law in a different way. And they they were emotional because they thought they were right. And there's nothing wrong with that, per se. It's just that maybe you think the majority got the better side of the argument. As lower court judges, we always think the majority is right because we have to follow it. <laughs> I, OK, understood. Uh, well, well enough. Can, can we touch on the college tuition forgiveness uh, case for a second? Because this was a this was a debate between the extent to which the executive has power to do certain things. And they kind of slapped his wrist and said, no, sir, you don't have that power. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, to go back to what the case was really about, set the student loads aside for a second. The question as an originalist, and I think everyone understands bicameralism and presentment, that means Congress has to vote on and pass laws and the president has to approve or veto them. And there's a process by which we pass laws. And if Congress doesn't speak clearly when they authorize an agency to exercise powers of vast economic and political significance, it doesn't matter what it is. So the, the people today upset with that doctrine tomorrow will be happy with it. Because every, you know, ordinary Americans understandably look at the result and say that's the student loan case. But I think the, the most, the, all the opinions are great. But the one opinion I would encourage people to read is Justice Barrett's 16 page concurrence in which she explains that when we do textualism and what you probably explain that because you use the term, but when we look at the text of a law, we do so, um, with common sense and we don't as I'm going to quote Justice Scalia, if I may, elephants, elephants aren't hiding in mouse holes. And so if they meant, if Congress <laughs> meant to give the permission to the president to do something 
of significant economic consequence to the American people, they have to do so explicitly. And that that seems like, as Justice Barrett says, a common sense rule. She uses a great example that everyone can understand. If you leave your kids with a babysitter for the weekend and you say, take care of them, um, that doesn't automatically mean the babysitter can take them to Vegas and party with them, right? <laughs> it's true, yes. <laughs> now, so she says, we can't leave common sense at the door. And I encourage everyone to read that because I think it's hard to dispute that she's what she's saying makes a lot of sense yeah well we have been so honored to have judge amul thapar with us his book is the people's justice clarence thomas and the constitutional stories that define him judge thapar thank you for your time thank you for having me. you got it kevin mccullough coming right back stay here i've been in show business my entire life i know when someone's an actor or an actress And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I ran this by my doctor. I always run it by her, everything I take, and I told her I've been taking this for a while. Is this, is this okay to take? She goes, oh, this is wonderful for you to take. Keep taking it. She goes, I approved it. This is very good. So she said, yes, she said, this is one thing you can take that's very good. I'm not going to stop taking Balance of Nature. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow... I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets, and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's mypillow.com promo code KMC. 
This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. Final few minutes uh, with you. Uh, and as we've been talking about uh, SCOTUS for the duration of the show. And thanks again to Judge Amol Thapar and uh, Betsy McCoy. Appreciate both of them making time for us. Um, this story about uh, Supreme Court Justice Katani Brown-Jackson. Uh, and and I, I don't want it to feel like we're we're ganging up on her and, and beating her up for no reason. But when you put stuff in writing into your decisions as a justice, remember that Katani Brown Jackson could not define a woman. Remember, she was asked, how do you define a woman? And she she could not answer the question. She refused to answer the question. So when someone has that kind of disconnect from reality and or truth, there, there's got to be a certain degree of, you know, taking everything with a grain of salt when it comes to that person. And uh, uh, Katani Brown Jackson, in her affirmative action uh, uh, d- decision, which was um, which was a dissent to the to the um, to the carrying of the court. Uh, she argued that diversity saved lives, and she went on to argue that, um, and this is the specific numbers, she said research shows that black physicians are more likely to accurately assess black patients' pain tolerance and treat them accordingly. And she said for high-risk black newborns, having a black physician more than doubles the likelihood that the baby will live and not die. Now, someone writing in the uh, Wall Street Journal today picked up on this, um, and who was it that responded? Ted Frank, who's an attorney. Um, he picked up on this and he responded to the argument and he said, a moment's thought should be enough to realize that this claim is wildly implausible. If 40% of the black newborns died, thousands of dead infants would be there every week. Even so, that's a 60% survival rate, which is mathematically impossible to doubt, to, to double. So the actual survival rate is over 99%. She's saying it's 60%, and she's she's claiming that they save, you know, X percentage more lives, but she's saying it's it's more than double, and that that can't be doubled because you can't get 120%. But the actual survival rate of black babies is 99% in the country. It's very on par with Hispanic, Asian, white, everybody else. Um, and that's because we have really good health care in the United States. We, we, we don't have a lot of people who die in childbirth anymore. We did uh, in the era of, you know, industrialization and pioneer days and uh, other times when health circumstances were not as uh, sure as they are now. Um, but that's that's the that, that's that's really bad on Justice uh, Jackson's part, because uh, Katani Brown Jackson 
If she wants to be taken seriously on the court, when she dissents, she needs to have facts and use facts and use math that actually adds up. Otherwise, she's going to kind of become an asterisk and a footnote, and that's, that's not what she wants her career to be. All right, Kevin McCullough, so glad to have had you with us. Uh, thank you for being here. If you missed any part of the broadcast, go get the podcast at any of your favorite podcast aggregators. We'll see you next time.